Welcome to the Four Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Ivy Lassiter, and I'm so glad you're here. Pop in your earbuds and multitask while we talk about all the parenting stuff, lessons learned, funny stories, and practical wisdom from normal people who've been there. Let's get started. On today's episode, I'm talking with a dad and his daughter, Bubba and Susan. Now, Bubba and his wife, Angela, raised two girls, and now they are enjoying the gift of grandchildren. Bubba's daughter, Susan, has two boys, and his other daughter, Laura, has a son and a daughter. Bubba and my dad have been friends since junior high school in Montgomery, Alabama. Susan and I have known each other our entire lives through this Christmas party, which you'll hear more about, that Bubba's parents threw every single year starting when our dads were like 13 or 14 years old. Susan and Laura were at Auburn the same time as me, so I got to know them a little better there. But I wanted to talk with Bubba and Susan because I've seen through social media the way that Bubba and Angela are so intentional with their grandkids. Like, they do the most fun things, and I wanted to hear more about, like, why they do that and and how they do it and what things they put in place to make sure these fun things happen. It is such a great conversation. Like, we laugh a lot. The episode is just such a reflection of their family. And after recording this, I spent the rest of the day just feeling so happy and full. And so I hope after listening, you feel the same way. Okay, you guys. So I want to hear about the fun things y'all do with grandkids. I've only, I've seen it on Instagram, and I, I need to hear more specifics about it. Okay. Well, Susan, I'll let you take that one. <laughs> I don't have grandkids. What are you talking about? Yeah, Bubba, this is you. What no, do you do? For you. There are your kids. This is off to a good start. Well, we do a lot of things with the grandkids. And uh, we have some things that are done, uh, you know, on and off. But we also have some things that are done annually. Okay. That, uh, that are recurring that they can, that they know about and depend on and look forward to. What annual things do y'all do? One thing we do with them is we always have a beach trip every summer and we'll, we go back to the same place every year and stay there. And we have uh, activities as far as the grandkids are concerned. Uh, we try to plan something every day. We will almost have like a theme for the day, the things that we do, and like uh, I will, uh, Angela and I will take things down to the uh, beach that are for that day. Like uh, one day may be a ninja course day, oh, no. and, and we will plan a ninja course out on the beach and lay it out and those kinds of things for them to do. And uh, then one day may be uh, a beach hockey day okay where we set up a uh, a a field out there like a hockey field and we will uh, have have goals and things like that and then we it's we we play this with a beach ball and noodles pool noodles i was gonna say it's all very simple in construction yeah but it causes but in and really that usually breaks down into not trying to score so much as just pulverize the (laughs) other team with the noodles (laughs) type thing and uh and the wind will catch the beach ball and you gotta run right halfway down the beach to get it yeah but, but back to the ninja course too on the beach that's a lot what just constructed with like wooden dowels and pool noodles 
you know, he'll make like arches they have to crawl under and then crawl over a beach chair and run around another pool noodle and things like that. So, yeah, yeah. we do that every year. And, and then at that time, I will have a uh, get together with each grandchild individually, and we will write down the things they want to do at what we call uh, granddaddy camp. Okay. Which and, grandmommy takes exception to. She wants to call it grandparent camp, but yes. granddaddy camp has really stuck. Yeah. Okay. And, and so, but that way they get to help me plan what are going to be the activities they want to do uh, when they come individually uh-huh. for, for several days with Angela and I. And then, you know, and so they have a part in planning those activities and what we're going to do. And, uh, and, and then later on that summer, we'll have each grandchild eat individually for a camp. Oh, that is where awesome. They come, they come and stay with us now. And, and some of this is inspired with, uh, I, I may be diverting from your question here oh, a little no, bit, you're good. but, but, uh, is inspired by my parents which with their uh, grandchildren, every summer, they would get their four granddaughters uh-huh. and, and take them on a trip. And it was not, it was not a, uh, a, a big fancy trip by any means. It would normally be somewhere within the, our state mm-hmm. where they would go with those four granddaughters and uh, do some kind of activity and, you know, stay in a little cabin or whatever and uh, do things in this, in the local communities. Yeah, that is awesome. That's awesome. So the granddaddy camp is each grandchild individual and you have four grandchildren, right? We have four. Yes. Three uh, grandsons. And then uh, the youngest is a granddaughter. Okay. Okay. And how old do these start? Like, did y'all do this when they were babies? Not when they were babies, but, uh, but I would say pretty young. Uh, Yeah. When they're, you know, when they're young enough to know what's going on, especially for the second children, when they see the older sibling doing more of this, my sister and I, we would, we'd have to come chaperone the camp. Right. <laughs> so we would come to, which was a lot, oftentimes a lot of fun. Yeah. But it sort of evolved. And um, like my youngest for a while, um, you know, he wanted his brother to come. So yeah. it's, it's, it's flexible based on the age and right. what the child wants to do. Right. Kind of depends. But I do think it's important to note, I mean, kind of what dad hit on. And we can talk about the trips that my grandparents would take us on too, but none of this is expensive or yeah. hard to execute. I mean, it's all very simple. Like we said, pool noodles and wooden dowels for ninja courses. And um, now we can talk about the ninja courses that dad does at his house. Right. Those are a little bit more elaborate and permanent. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, even the trips that my grandparents used to take us granddaughters on, um, they, yeah, they weren't very elaborate or expensive, but of course, when we were children, we, that was the highlight of our summer, you know, live in Alabama, grew up in Alabama. And so they would take us and a lot of them were very educational. I mean, cause I, you know, I, I need to go back and I could probably count how many, but you know, at least eight or nine trips overall. And so yeah. we saw a lot of our state, you know, that we might not have otherwise seen. Yeah. And a lot of it was very educational, you know, historical 
plays that the community would put on or tours of various places. Um, but just really neat educational experiences. And what's funny about those trips is I almost remember more of the uh, car rides uh-huh. <laughs> than I do Absolutely. the destination. Yes, and the journey. So I, yeah. think, I think that's really important to, to realize that that's even what stuck. It was that quality time in the car. And we, even now with my sister and my cousins, we laugh about um, some of those experiences. And I'm not even saying it was all sunshine and roses. A lot of those experiences we laugh about were when we were picking at each other and fighting over Game Boys. Like, does that that date me? Yeah. 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 Well, we're both kind of getting old, so. (laughs) Right. So somebody's Game Boy would die, you know, and then we'd get in a fight about who was going to get the Game Boy that still had a battery life. But that, those, you know, that, generationally, I think this is where this has come from. And it's interesting because even when dad and I were discussing before coming on this podcast with you, it's almost like until we intentionally think about it, we don't really almost realize what has been done for us. And then in turn, what we're doing. Um, But so much of it is that time. It's not that it's elaborate. It's not that it's expensive. It's that it's intentional and that it's just, it's quality time spent together. So I think that's where those summer experiences come from. One one thing I'd like to say too, Ivy, is in in something that you know about, another part of this uh, legacy that comes down from my parents was this Christmas party. Oh, yes. Just to give a little background for that. They started this for my brother and I when we were probably like in junior high school. So Uh give us like a decade. When when are we talking? Well, let's see. That would probably be in the sixties. Yeah. And uh and it started out where it would be just my my brother and I and our friends. Right. Where they would have this uh Christmas party for us. And it started out being just all guys. Oh yeah. And through the years, my mother would do this every year and it would all have it would be the same thing every year. It was really important that, you know, it was very predictable and we knew what was going to happen. The same crazy things uh, went on, but eventually uh, we all started having dates that would come. Yeah. Invited girlfriends. (laughs) That would come with us to the uh, Christmas party. Yeah. Then that led into us having wives, Mm -hmm. which came to the Christmas party eventually. Oh yeah. And, and, and then eventually uh, children that would come to the Christmas party. So this went on for a number of years the crowd getting bigger and bigger. The right. house it was in got no bigger. <laughs> but, but And the but, activities remained yeah, the same. And the menu the, remained and the it same. Was the, yeah, the same activities. And everybody had pretty much their assigned uh, thing that they were responsible for and just knew to do it. Oh, yeah. Including but, my dad. It, yes. <laughs> I, I will point out your dad, uh, his specialty was Mad Libs. He, <laughs> he, he. he he introduced the group to the concept of Mad Libs uh-uh. and would come in every year and uh, participate in that. Uh, your dad had certain things he said during the bingo games oh, yes. that went on that he that he said multiple times every year. Yeah. And oh yeah, we're the same <laughs> <yeah>. jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So uh, so that was also a part of uh, what we grew or I grew up with was seeing my parents do these things and, uh, and, and not, and that was their concept too, was a little different 
because here what we're talking about is what we do with our, our grandkids. But they were doing that with a much broader group. They were doing that with our friends and then how that expanded into their families. Because I'm sure you will probably remember uh, as a small child coming to those parties. And then eventually your grandparents would come and pick you up. Oh, yeah. So my parents could stay later, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Could stay later, which with, for us probably meant staying up till 10 o'clock. Right. <laughs> yeah, so. but I, well, and I think it's interesting to note, too, that once you all, you know, grew up, got married, moved away from Montgomery, Alabama, where, where you all originally grew up, the party remained there. But am I correct that that we shifted it? It was always at Thanksgiving because that's when everyone would be home. So like Ivy, your family right. was in Texas, but you guys would come home or, you know, to your dad's home for Thanksgiving. Right. And so it was adjusted so that, you know, maximum number of people could continue right. to attend even through the generations and bring their families. Yes. Okay, Bubba, I have a question about this with your parents. Your mom, from what was the real, the party planner. Oh, yes. Yes. My my dad was just in tow for most <laughs> now of that's not, these, he, Well, these except that he did dress up as Santa Claus. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, he was it was, did she kind of say, you're going to do this? And he was up for it. And he, he was a football coach. Like, he was like a strict, you know, like, it wasn't like he was all fun and games all the time, right? But he's, right. was it more he supported your mom or was it his idea to also do these fun things? Well, things change through time. Uh-huh. Early on, you're right. He, uh, in the profession he was in and, uh, you know, he had certain things he had to do. And he he was in charge of the uh, high school athletic association and enforcing all of those rules. Later on in life, the main thing that changed him was granddaughters. Once once the granddaughters came along, then suddenly he becomes willing to put on the Santa costume (laughs) and have, and have these little girls uh, sitting in his lap and telling him what they want for Christmas. Right. (laughs) And uh, so as, as usual, all these little girls, you know, they, they just melt our hearts and things that you never would have thought they would people would do they do for grandkids absolutely for grandkids and for just the the love of those grandkids right yeah that's a good I was wondering about that in okay so Susan how was your dad when you were little was this a part of you know you're growing up as far as you and your dad or is it different with grandkids well I think it's different mainly because of work I mean now you know when I was growing up, dad was, you know, in the professional world and, you know, worked long hours. Now, of course we all, family was always a priority. We took annual vacations and we were together on weekends and, um, you know, he was always there for bedtime and everything like that. But I think it's just different in that stage of life. That's why I think there's something so magical and, and special about that grandparent grandchild relationship, because, Oftentimes the grandparents come to a point in life where they can retire, they have extra time and they can, you know, focus on those grandkids if they want to. So, you know, no, I think it's, it's interesting, you know, to hear dad talk about his dad, my grandfather, and he grew up with the tough, you know, rule enforcing football coach and um, the, 
you know, executive director of the athletic association. Um, And then I hear stories like that from my dad, from other people, even from my grandfather's football players. And I'm going, that is just not the person that I knew. I knew this big teddy bear Mm -hmm. of a man, you know, and it's just, and then to dad's point, you know, I think, yeah, you know, I, I grew up, um, and it was, it was kind of just life, you know, it was work and school and routines and, um, and, and definitely family time, but no, I, I, dad wasn't making ninja courses for me. (laughs) No, and I think that is an important thing too, to point out that I think an element of this was my parents had two sons Mm -hmm. and, and so everything they were involved in was really a world of boys, right? All of our friends and of course, my daddy involved in uh, the sports world and things like that. Well, all of a sudden, they have these four granddaughters and and no grandsons. So all of these things that my mother wanted to do, like shopping for them <laughs> and take and you know and doing tea parties and you know and doing nails and all this kind of stuff that she never had gotten to do suddenly came to life yeah well just as it happens we of course then we we only have two daughters well suddenly for Angela and I as we start having grandchildren the first three are grandsons so there are all of these activities, it's like a new world is opened up of things that we can go do. Right. That, that I think that is one of the drivers is that we get to do things with them that are just fun for us too. Yeah. That you that, didn't get you to know. do with your own kids because you had girls. Right. Yeah. 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 And and of course I will say this with these grandsons, most all activities seem to have to have an element of danger. Well, for associated, sure. <laughs> for sure. Associated with them, you know, and uh, as far as these ninja courses and, uh, you know, I've got them out uh, doing, you know, at, at relative early ages, uh, doing bush hogging and. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, what is and, this? And, I don't I don't know what. <laughs> well, this is like we we, uh, we have some property and we have to cut the brush and all oh. off of it. And so we have a, uh, a big toe behind bush hogging machine. And so as an example, both of Susan's boys have already driven the equipment. And, uh, and so we get them out to do activities like that, yeah. that otherwise uh, are far from their world of uh, video gaming for sure and watching TV. And, and so it's just a lot of fun to get them into those kind of environments. Yeah. Talk to me about y'all. You and Angela bought a cabin. Well, we, we built a cabin. Oh. We, uh, we bought some property that is, was just acreage. And then uh, on that property, we have put a uh, log cabin out there, which now on that cabin, it, again, nothing glamorous. It has, Not at all. It, it has uh, you know, no running water, no electricity. <laughs> We do have some solar panels and, Wait, no and things like that. And we do take some water out there. <laughs> but as an example, it, and, and so it, it just requires the boys to, 
live a little bit different life than what they're accustomed to at home. Yeah. Was this intentional? Like when did this, when did you and Angela decide to do this? Yes, it was intentional. We, uh, gosh, I guess we did this probably about seven or eight years ago. Okay. So as the grandchildren were getting a little older and we were looking for, you know, a place where they could go do those kinds of things. We just set out to get that done. And and it evolves as they get older and are able to do more things. We'll do those kinds of things. But but we do a, a lot of other activities, too. I, I, I try to think of things that they will think are fun. I try to think of things that are a, a learning experience mm-hmm. and a growing experience mm-hmm. for them. Uh, another example is like at our uh, at granddaddy camp every year, we will typically have one project that we're going to build together. And, and then also for most of the days of granddaddy camp, there will be a theme, a scriptural theme for that day. And the uh, one that, I can remember uh, is it we may talk about like our, our our verse for that day may be about the man who built his house on the sand versus the man who built his house upon the rock and that kind of thing. So for that day, our activity may be building a birdhouse. This and, is awesome. So we will get together and, and throughout the day, that verse for the day is kind of reinforced by the activity. Yeah. You know, and hopefully that helps them remember that a little more. And then they also get to go home with things that we built. Yeah. And they get to go show mom and dad what they built. I mean, Susan, are they like so proud of this? Oh, we have several birdhouses in the yard. (laughs) (laughs) No, they really are. And they they are still in my yard and several of them have um, served as homes for birds. So I wanted to circle back though to the land and this relates to granddaddy camp too, because another thing I I think that you're so intentional about is um, work. And I think that's something that our culture, um, you know, it's, it's not, it's as a mom of young children and my boys are now eight and 10, um, you know, I think our culture tends to gear towards, um, making things easy on ourselves. I mean, we have, um, we have everything we need as Americans and we, and we work to try to make our lives easier, which is human nature. But, um, I think it's something that we have to intentionally put in our children's lives and that's work because yeah. that's a good thing. That's a gift from God. And that's something that we as humans were designed to do and we enjoy it. And that's, what's it's so interesting to see, because, you know, with this property that dad has, uh, and it's, it's close enough to their home that it's easy to go there during grandparent camp just for the day. Yeah. There are always projects, of course, when you own property like that, there's trees that have fallen that have to be cut up uh-huh. and things that have to be pulled out of the road. Or like you mentioned, the bush hogging. It's amazing for me to watch, um, because, you know, I'll admit at home, um, we have a yard crew. And so the boys just think that the yard just stays beautiful all the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, actually back during quarantine, it was important to me when I taught them how to mow the grass, just cause they need to know how to use a lawnmower, <laughs> but they loved it. They love going out to the land and doing this physical manual labor. It's not something that they dread. And I think it's, it's neat how dad intentionally puts that in, into their lives and, and makes it fun. And it's yeah. just fascinating for me to watch how much they really enjoy working hard. And yeah. then they're really proud of that too, to tell me what they've done or show me what they've done. 
And also I wanted to mention, speaking of the land, one thing that I've seen through the generations and even going back to my grandparents um, is how important it is for family and for children, if possible, to have a place, the importance of place. Mm. Um, My grandparents bought a lake house the year that I was born, maybe when I was was an infant. And for me, at least, and, and it's still in our family, even though my grandparents have passed away, that is the one place in my life that's remained constant. Yeah. It feels so much like home. My parents have moved. Obviously, I've gone to college, gotten married myself, moved several times, even as an adult. Even my boys, as young as they are, we've moved. But that lake place is home. And that's where I've got, I've got memories from my whole life, from generations past. It's a place that we gather. We were just there for Thanksgiving with cousins and even my boys, second cousins. Yeah. Um, it's still a place that we can all come. And the same thing with this property. Um, it's a, it's a place. It actually, it happens to be, um, in between, I, I live in Montgomery, Alabama. Now mom and dad are in Birmingham. It's in Shelby County, which is in between those two places. And so sometimes on a Saturday, if we don't have anything to do, we'll meet mom and dad out there at that property. And I mean, we don't even have to have a plan, you know, For and sure. it's, it's interesting. Dad, mentioned that um, it takes them away from screens, which I do try to limit screens for the but record. It, it's <laughs> yeah. really hard. We're not screen it, obsessed I mean, by yeah. any means. Hard. It's it hard. is hard because that's what they want to do. But we can get out and, and, you know, get out into nature. And even, you know, sometimes it's, it's bush hogging and chopping up trees. Sometimes it's work, but sometimes it's just throwing the football or running through the woods. And so it's just neat that my boys, um, you know, because of decisions and investments that mom and dad have made that they are able to have a place like that, a gathering place where they can build memories, you know, no matter where their life takes them. Yeah. Yeah. That reminded me of something else that, uh, that I try to do with them when Susan was talking about Lake house. Uh, one of the things that I try to do is involve with the grandchildren, these activities, they, they're fun, but I, I try to put an element of problem solving in it for them too. As an example, uh, we uh, got in the habit there for several years where we would have these, uh, I guess what I will loosely call a scavenger hunt. Right. But we would start this out where uh, we would have, a, I, I would make a map and put it in a bottle that uh, as they were out there swimming in the lake, <laughs> This bottle would mis- just miraculously come floating up in the lake, and in the bottle would be a treasure map. Mm-hmm. And can you and, imagine, and, Ivy? I mean, little boys no. and pirates yeah. and treasures. Yeah. What I, I mean, what I really would like to do is find it's, a way for my boys to slip in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just bring them on. I know. Yeah. So, and then, and then on this map, it would be like some like clues that they would have to figure out where this is. And it would, and, and in the meantime, we will, we would have gone and, and gotten a little box and put uh, treasures in it. Uh-huh. And some of yeah. those treasures might be Bible verses and things like that. So not, you know, anything uh, real expensive yeah, or yeah, yeah. anything like that, but, but real treasure. Yeah. And we would have gone and buried this like on an island at the lake. <laughs> and so they would have to recognize, you know, mark, you know, markings around the lake kind of thing or landmarks, which would direct them. And they would have to tell us where to go 
like out on the boat. I in, mean, this in is the, elaborate. In the, in the boat <laughs> to, you know, to this island where the tree, you know, which they are convinced is inhabited by pirates. Well, and that was and like, that, sometimes they would like borderline get scared thinking they were pirates, but we had to calm yeah. them down. Like, no, no, no. Well, it was yeah. very authentic. Dad would even like burn the edge of the treasure map. So it was, I mean, they, they were all in. Yeah. yeah. So they would go in, and we would dig up the treasure and then they would all, they would always run back to get on the boat because they were seriously afraid Pirates that gonna... <laughs> Captain Hook was about to get them. So that, that's and, the element uh, of fear you were talking about. A little bit of danger. Yeah, that's it. That's right. <laughs> the, yeah, the element of danger. Yeah. That's right. And, and so then we would all go back and we would review the, the, the treasure that they had found. But I mean, by the time this is done, you know, you've spent a good bit of time. Right. And and you've kind of taught them some skills mm-hmm. in yeah. looking at that map and figuring out where to go and yes. uh, and 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 also convince them that there are pirates in the world. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Well, and also important to note. I mean, you've done things like that um, at the property that's near here, but also just at your own home. That doesn't it doesn't take a lake or anything that's you know, right. elaborate yeah. for that. So, yeah, we did a we did a scavenger hunt uh, one time before too, where it would start out with uh, again just them doing skills. It started out with a bunch of balloons hanging from trees, which had clues that had been put in them, and they would have to shoot the balloons <laughs> with a BB gun. Oh my gosh! And when and when the boom, balloon burst, the clue would come out. So then they would go get the clue and that would lead them to the various this uh, is amazing. places and things like that. So again, they just get to do a lot of different activities and learn to do things while having fun. Yeah. A really important part of all this is that the parents participate mm-hmm. and have fun in it too. For sure. Because I'm, I'm firmly convinced that your children, they consider what is fun, what you consider fun. Absolutely. What they, what they see you do and repeatedly do, that is how they learn what to do and what is fun. And that's, and, and so uh, all of the, the parents here of our grandchildren uh, participate. They, uh, they get excited. They get excited and enjoy it just as much. And I think that really adds to the enjoyment of the grandchildren because the whole family is participating. Sure. It's not just an activity for them. For sure. Bubba, can we talk practically about how you, like the time that it takes to prep for this? So you you know, okay, I'm going to be with my grandkids next week or whatever. I want to start thinking about what I'm going to do. I assume kind of weeks leading up. And then does Angela help you get prep all this stuff? Do your kids help you prep all this stuff? Like I assume, I mean, it takes work. It takes effort. It takes time, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and Angela is involved. She does help and, and she helps me get those things done. Uh, she'll, she will come up with some of the ideas, but it really, it's not a whole lot of work. I, I don't think it just, these are things that just, come up. And I guess, too, I'm just constantly 
watching for things or they just seem to come my way that I'll just see this and I'll think that there's something that we can do. Well, one thing I think dad is really good at is looking at what the grandchildren are interested in Uh and then building off of that. Like, for example, um, you know, we keep talking about the ninja courses um, and the ninja course, by the way, that he has at his home. And it's not anything permanent, but it's, it's, I mean, he's got the, um, he did this uh, sort of climbing wall out of old pallets and um, floating steps, which are these um, like wedges built out of wood that they have to hop across. And you might be familiar with the floating steps uh, terminology because that comes from one of these, I can't remember if it's American Ninja Warrior. There's several of these TV shows on and my boys, for example, love to watch these TV shows, you know, where these people do these ninja courses and then when they fall off in the water, you know, that means they're out or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so dad knew that they loved to watch those TV shows and that's where he got the idea. Well, let's build one of these ourselves. Um, and so I think a lot of his ideas, he's very intentional about seeing what they're interested in. The pirate, um, you know, treasure hunts is similar when they were younger. You know, they loved these pirate TV shows and Peter Pan and things like that. Yeah. Um, another example is my boys got really into the BattleBots TV show. Now I am making it sound like they watch too much TV. Well, <laughs> no, you're you're like everybody else. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you. So, um, but Dad then and and this was actually not something that you build. You know, just it's it's something that anyone can purchase. I don't know if you got it from you ordered it from Amazon or something, but um, he got them for Christmas one year, a battle bot stadium and it's a miniature thing. It sits on, you know, the table. Um, and he got, you know, little lights, the little stadium lights and they have battle bots and it's just, a, you know, it's a remote control thing. Yeah. Huge deal for the boys. But again, um, and well, and now for Avery too, your granddaughter, but, um, I think he's really good at talking to them seeing what they're interested in and then pivoting his activities and his quality time towards something that they're already interested in. As an example of that, one year at granddaddy camp, Scott, the oldest grandson, we built a battle bot. All that required was getting a remote control uh, toy, yeah. which that we then modified to make it into our own battle bot. And so they also begin to learn something about how to build that, how to, how to modify that. They learn a little bit about remote control, the apparatus, right. how to operate it. Again, I, I try to take what their interest is and make that a, uh, a learning experience Yeah. that most recently this last year, they all got interested in Beyblades. Oh, I don't yes. know if you are. Oh, we are familiar. into Beyblades. Oh yeah. Okay. So <laughs> this last year, each child, uh, we built a Beyblade. We made a Beyblade. What? It was functional. Uh, our, it's incredible. Out of wood? Well, uh, Mostly out of metal. Oh, okay. and, and, and oh then my we, gosh. We, it, but, and I will say this, the Beyblade we made is, is a, I mean. It, it's going to win every time. The element of danger <laughs> oh. uh, is, is involved. And so. There were spikes. So, so, yeah, so, we, so we have blades. Now, uh, Holt, Susan's uh, second son, uh, he decided he, he was a little challenging. He wanted lasers. Right. <laughs> 
on his, his Beyblade. Oh dear. That was going to be, as they say, it's power. Right. Uh, you know, that, that I don't know where they've come up with this term. Well, they think dad can do anything. That's so. for sure. It's power. <laughs> and he keeps proving them right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we worked on that. And as we constructed his Beyblade, I had a laser uh, disc thing that is actually a site for a uh, saw that I have. And I took that off of that and, and installed that on his Beyblade. So when it started spinning, indeed, it throws out a laser a light, uh-huh. a laser light. Uh-uh. And, uh, and again, I just use that as an example of the things that you have around you, but that you can use to teach a lesson right? because they learn that these things are around me. I can construct things and I can build things not just go to the store and buy some that instant gratification like you were talking about susan that right you know and furthermore i can build a beyblade that can destroy all other Beyblades. (laughs) 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 i mean i need to see a video or a picture of these beyblades oh we'll get you one okay so funny so funny um okay we talked about a little bit about the similarities you see, Susan, the similarities you see between your your grandparents and then what you see your dad doing, I feel like we covered. Was there anything you wanted to add about that? One thing I did want to say that I think is really important um, is, you know, we keep talking about the quality time mm-hmm. that my parents spend with my children. We live in different cities. Obviously, right. that can't happen all the time. But one thing that I have tried to be really intentional about and I think helps bridge that gap, because like we said, you know, dad. In, in order to execute these fun ideas that my children love, he has to know them. You yeah. know what I mean? He has mm-hmm. to have a real relationship with them and have real conversations with them, which is not always easy with eight and 10 year old little boys. But um, we got in the habit, you know, back when they were in preschool um, and, you know, now they're in real school, but I, I take them to school every morning and it's not a long drive. I mean, it may be 10 minutes from our door to the school, but we call mom and dad every morning and we, we talk on the way to school. That and, is such um, a great idea. Well, it's, I've found it's a lot easier to talk that way. I mean, we, fortunately we, you know, have a Bluetooth so everybody can hear, um, and it's, and let me say too, it's not always perfect. I mean, sometimes somebody's in a bad mood because they don't like the shirt that they're wearing that day. And, you know, but it's something that we're in the habit of. Um, it's a quick conversation. You know, what you doing at school today? What's going on? Who's got sports practice tonight? Um, and then we hear what mom and dad are doing that day. But it just solidifies that relationship. And I mean, that's the real thing. On a funny note, when, when my boys were really little, I started, I mean, when they could barely talk, I started saying, um, what are you going to do when you go to college? And then I would get them to repeat, call my mommy every day. (laughs) (laughs) And so they would say it in these precious little baby voices, call my mommy every day. Uh But you know, and of course I, I mean, I hope that'll happen. Uh, you know, maybe I'll get a proof of life text every day. Yeah. I mean, I am, (laughs) a realist, but, um, but at least for now, and they see me call my parents, my mommy, my parents every day. Um, they think that's normal. And so we get in the call in the car. And if for some reason it may have slipped my mind or, you know, I'm fussing at somebody about putting their shoes on, you know, it's like, we we need to call grandma and granddaddy. This is our time to call them. Um, and so I think that helps bridge that gap too. And that's, you know, really a role that I think, 
the parents, you know, those that are in my generation, so that, you know, the in-between we can play because we need to create that time and bridge that gap and and facilitate that relationship to be strong. Yes. And the reality is we are busy. Like our lives are busy. We've got a million things vying for our time. So your time is a reflection of what matters to you, you know? So it's like, and we have to show our kids what, what matters. I I would like to say too, uh, one thing I want to emphasize is to, to people that are listening, uh, to your podcast, if they have grandchildren, I think it's important they spend time with those grandchildren, uh, not always with the parents. Because what I find is you, they have entirely different personalities a lot of times when they're with the parents and when they're just with us. Usually they're better. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they, they, they actually are. Yes. They, 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 uh, behave much better. They're much more polite. And I think it's just that they are, uh, uh, and, and they will actually talk to you and have conversations that when the parents around, there's just a lot of, uh, whining and moaning and groaning (laughs) and, uh, and that kind of thing. And when they, and when they get with us, they're like, uh, entirely different people, particularly when they are with us, uh, by themselves. So that's how you really get to know them, really get to know their personalities. And, uh, and, and, and also there's a very important part of that. It gives the parents a break. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yes. That's such a good point. Cause I see that with my own kids too. It's like the minute I walk in the door, the whining turns on. I'm like, what? They save it for you. I know. <laughs> they do. That's Which the- is what we would really want. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Susan, cause so with, a lot of times with children, you don't see the fruits of your labor immediately. Mm. Like right. you, you do all these things and, and it's like, is any of it sticking or whatever? But you are, right. you are an adult and can reflect back. What impact do you think it made to have the kind of relationship you did with your grandparents? Ooh. Hmm. Well, I think, um, gosh, not only was that relationship so gratifying to me because it filled my cup. And what I mean by that, you know, you asked about the difference, you know, how, how was my dad growing up versus how he was as a grandparent. I think this is probably a pretty, you know, common reoccurrence, but um, you know, the parents are the disciplinarians. And, And let me say too, by the way, I mean, early on, I deputized my parents for when I'm not around please discipline my children. I mean, that's, that's not to say they let them, you know, run wild and do whatever they want to do. But, um, but we're the ones really in the trenches every day, trying to be consistent, trying to discipline, Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, do that hard work that God's called us to as parents. Um, The grandparents get the privilege in, you know, oftentimes because they've put in that hard work Mm -hmm. and they've been those parents in the trenches. And and I, and I like think of it like it's a reward that they just get to pour into these children in all the best ways um, to love on them. And that's what my grandparents did for me. I mean, I, gosh, my, um, my love language is words of affirmation and I got it constantly from them. And of course at the time, you know, didn't really know what it was or what they were doing, but I, I know it was intentional. They, sh- I mean, showered me with gifts and I don't mean expensive things. I mean, just a little, you know, bag of candy, something from the Dollar Tree. Yeah. Um, they came to as many of my activities as they could. I mean, I remember 
when I was in school at Auburn, they lived in Montgomery. So they were really close one time my car got broken into and I was all upset about it. And they were there. I don't even know how they got to, to Auburn. I mean, I don't even know how they could drive that fast, but they were there to rescue me and hug me and, you know, help me handle the problem. Um, yeah, I mean, that is such a unique relationship where it's, it's just all the good stuff, you yeah. know? And of course there's, they have to, they have to do the hard stuff sometimes too. Thank goodness. They're there to, my parents are there to support me and the hard parts of parenting. Um, but that's what I remember. That's yeah. what I take away from that relationship. And I carry with me, it's just pure love and good. Um, and that's what I see my parents pouring into my boys and it's just such a blessing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I can say too, I think from, from my grandparents to my parents to hopefully what, uh, and, and to Susan, to those grandsons, there is an entire legacy in there of, uh, number one, a, a spiritual legacy yes. that yes. they pass on through that. But, Second of all, there is a legacy of living in an environment where you know you are uh, and are convinced you are the most loved person in the world. And that, I mean, it's, you know, this just a whole lot of uh, confirmation and uh, security yeah. and confidence. Yeah that comes from that. Yeah. And one thing I can remember my grandmother saying to me all the time, and it wasn't just, I'm praying for you. You know, a lot of people say that, and that's a beautiful thing to say, but she took it a step further where she would say, I call your name in prayer every day. And just to know, and of course, you know, at the time I probably didn't appreciate it as much, but to know somebody was, was taking my name to the Lord every day in prayer saying my name, to him. Um, I mean, there, there's just no greater gift than that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know we're all crying. Now we're all crying. <laughs> we can edit this part out. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> oh. Well, and to think, you know, you think about um, people can come to know Jesus in all different, you know, if they've never even experienced someone that acts like Jesus, they can come to know Jesus. But you think about the foundation that your children have because they've seen people who act like Jesus. They're like, I know what I know what God is like because I because I've seen it in my granddad, you know, and I that is I think God designs it that way for us to be able to see people that emulate him, you know? So, okay. Last question. And y'all can add anything that you feel important because everything you've said is so good. Um, okay. well, well, before you go to that last yes. thing, let me say this while, while you're talking about that. Of course, I, I knew your, uh, your grandparents and, uh, and your mom and dad, and you have that same spiritual legacy. Oh, I know. And I mean, uh, it just, and the characters that you have in your family are just unbelievable. And uh, I remember all of them. And I know that you have that same spiritual foundation. Yeah. It has so deeply impacted my relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 
You know, like I, I am, I, it's almost like the older you get, the more you realize, oh my, like I can, I know Jesus because I've seen it for, mm-hmm. my, you know, the mm-hmm. legacy is huge. And then, you know, what's also cool is when, or amazing or a miracle is when you see people who shift the legacy, like, you know what? I didn't see this in my parents. I didn't see this in my grandparents, but I am now starting this legacy why do you think, because again, like what I, the way we spend our time, the way we spend our energy is a reflection of what matters to us. So this element of doing memorable, fun things is a value to you guys. Why, why would you say it matters? Well, I think this is the way that we uh, leave and pass on our legacy and that, uh, that there are certain things that we have had uh, put into us by our uh, parents and grandparents and, and generations before them uh, that we want to pass on. Now, uh, a great way of doing that is when you can surround that in an, a fun uh, environment where you you aren't just trying to teach the lesson, but you're trying to have fun with it, enjoy it, and to uh, just uh, have a have a learning, growing, and just nurturing uh, environment surrounding all of that. And that and that's and that's what we try to do. But I, I will say it, it's really not an effort. It just seems to be what we do. And I think that is somewhat a gift. And I think it is, I think it is directed by the Holy spirit. Well, and you know, dad mentioned too. So, yeah. So much of it is intentional. So much of it is just because we like to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess everybody does, right? Life is better but when I it's think, fun. <laughs> right. Why, why wouldn't you want to have yeah. fun? Um, but also I think we see, and maybe it's subconscious, but that having fun together as a family and even, you know, across the generations, having fun together, laughing together, it's what builds those relationships. Um, it's what makes us want to be around each other. And, and that is what, what, what we want. Um, and, you know, I mean, one other really good example, just if, you know, if anybody's looking for ideas, um, this is actually my favorite thing that dad does. And um, it hasn't been mentioned yet, but it's pumpkin bowling. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and I don't even, I don't even necessarily, maybe you can come up with some sort of spiritual lesson for pumpkin bowling, but it's just, <laughs> it's just one that's pure fun and that we look forward to. And we just laugh together. We were together at the lake for Thanksgiving. Everybody brought their old pumpkins, the ones that we had not carved for Halloween, um, even got them off the street where people were throwing them away. And we go to the top of the hill at the lake, rolling down the hill, and dad tries to catch them at the bottom of the hill in a big garbage can. Um, And, you know, of course, I mean, not just the kids. I mean, it's hilarious because some of them bust on the way down and some of them bounce and go way off track. And so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's all these deep spiritual elements, but then there's also just that, that undercurrent of fun and joy and laughter and just wanting to enjoy life together. And I think that that is really what, what, um, leads to all of those other deeper foundational things that we're going for. 
A few weeks ago, I stumbled across this letter that my great-grandfather wrote about my great-grandmother when she was in the end stages of breast cancer. And the words he used to describe her were the exact same words I would use to describe my grandmother, her daughter, and my mom, her granddaughter. It was remarkable, really. Like, I, I was thinking, is he describing J-Mama, my grandmother? There were words in there like respected and loved, generous, kind, positive, influential, faithful, strong. And this idea just keeps coming up to me that we replicate what we see and what we experience impacts who we become. And this is exactly what Bubba and Susan have described, that they are repeating a lot of the things they themselves experienced, that this isn't hard for them because they've experienced it. So they're doing the very things that they've already received. And it made me wonder who started living this way in their family, that someone somewhere in the generations before them made the choice to live their life with purpose and intention, with joy and delight, with a heart that was more about serving the people around them than their own self-interest, that someone in their lineage started this legacy and look at the exponential impact it has made. For when you are intentional with your time, energy, and focus and invest in a child in that way, you might be continuing a legacy that you have experienced or what if you're starting it? What if you didn't experience that and you're going to go, no, 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 Holy Spirit, help me start this legacy. The results of that time spent have the potential to have exponential impact for generations to come. I hope you found something that you can relate to from today's conversation, and thanks for joining us. If you have any questions or just want more tips for parents, let me know at ilassiter at fbrichardson.org. I'd love to talk with you. See you next time on the Four Parents Podcast.